Hey, thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. This is a podcast where we talk a lot about suicide, suicidal thoughts, and depression, and joke around about those things because we're comedians who have dealt with those things. So we like to have fun talking about it, and we hope that helps you. But we're not joking around because we take those things lightly. We just want to establish that right up top. So if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts right now, and especially if you're feeling yourself close to suicide, first of all, know there is no part of us that ever encourages it. Please stay safe. And if you are feeling that, we want you to reach out right now and call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're so helpful. They will talk to you whenever, wherever. They really are just a great ear when you need someone to talk to. So please call if you need it. And otherwise, enjoy the show. You know just To suck your dick. <laughs> Dave, it's gay Dracula. <laughs> it's funny, just to give you a little peek behind the curtain, for those of you who are listening, what happens when the episode starts like that, it, what happens before we record is Hampton goes, all right, Dave, I got a bit to start the show. <laughs> and, uh, well, it, it's usually like we talk about some other bullshit for like an hour, and then I'm like, okay. Okay, I got a I, bit. I finally have the dumbest thought possible. It was funny, yeah. We, Play, I want to suck your dick. But it's said very matter-of-factly. It's like, okay. um, so, you know, I got a, I got a bit to start I, the show. I've got it, Dave. And I'm I've like, got, oh, okay, great. What I'm and then we're quiet. I wish you could hear the quiet before <laughs> it starts. It's quiet. No one's saying anything. And then, bleh, I want to suck your dick. <laughs> I just want you to know <laughs> Which I'm a, I'm a is, professional. You know, I've got the comedy I know that covered. you're a professional. I'm saying you don't need to bring any comedy to this. I've got Oh, okay. Dude. I've got the bits. Great. Blair, I, I want to suck your dick. I'll quit comedy then. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Whoa. I did not know that would touch a nerve. Yeah, yeah, get man. Your damn ass right. You're, d- <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're not the only host of this show who's told me to quit this week. <laughs> <laughs> do, you th- do you think I should do that bit on stage? Should I close with it? Blair? Blair? That one? Blair, I want to suck your dick. I feel like I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but I feel like someone said that before. No. <laughs> Who? Seinfeld? <laughs> yes. Kramer? Yeah. George? Elaine? All the comics on all Seinfeld? Of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're all comics, right? Everyone on Friends. Wasn't that the The one of- with the gay Dracula. <laughs> hey, everyone. You're listening to Suicide Buddies. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm Dave Ross. Hi, I'm Hampton Yunt. We are... A suicide mental health comedy podcast. We uh, we joke around a lot about dark shit because we've dealt with a lot of dark shit, and comedy is how we deal with it. We hope that it helps you deal with it. If you hear us uh, making light of something that has affected you deeply, just know that we're coming at it from a place where we want to help, not that we think it's funny that you're sad. And we really appreciate all you uh, <laughs> listeners. Honestly, um, thanks so much for joining the Facebook group or all of uh, you. <laughs> Uh, finding us on Twitter. Uh, it's really awesome to see, especially the Facebook group. Please join if you are uh, wanting some support. Yeah, fuck uh, you if you follow us on Twitter. You're garbage. 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. If That's you fucking Anthony follow Matt. us on Instagram, you're a fucking idiot because we don't even have, we don't an, even have an account. Yeah. yeah. Ten steps yeah. ahead of you. God damn I know, dummies. seriously, though. Yeah, you guys uh, have been great. And actually, we're going to talk about that more in a second. But Hampton has a fucking album out dude yeah i have an announcement guys i have an album out it's uh, out now right you can buy yeah. it um well i think when this comes out the friday uh after right the next day uh you can buy my third album march 8th <laughs> march 8th man march 8th? i'm so excited you can already pre-order it but um wait how excited i don't know it's literally the only thing can you I hide have to it look for i'm just to. wondering if, <laughs> if you're so wait. excited that you can't hide it i can't it. even hide it <laughs> yeah i'm about uh, to lose control <laughs> I'm so excited. Dude, okay. I'm Jesse from Saved by the Bell. Uh-huh. I'm so excited. I'm hopped up on caffeine pills. I haven't slept in days. <laughs> I love this. This is a good interview question, I think. Okay, I can tell you're excited, but are you so excited that you just can't hide it? <laughs> or are you still excited but still able to hide it? <laughs> I cannot hide my excitement. It is visible on my face. I'm, I'm so hopped up excited, on caffeine pills. But don't worry, I can still hide it. Man. So I'm still going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that isn't a ringing endorsement for my album, I don't know. What it is. Guys, uh, I'm so excited. I don't know. Buy it, please. Uh, Can you hide it? That'd be awesome. I'm trying. I'm trying to hide it. I'm trying to hide my excitement. Would you? Yeah. The implication of that song, "I'm so excited, I just can't hide it," is that someone was like, "Would you fucking hide it, please?" And they were like, "Whoa, no! I'm so excited, I can't hide it." it yeah, they just no, gotta- just hide it. Please. Please. Would you fucking hide it? We live in a fascist country. Hide it. Hide it. Hide hide it. Cheryl. Hide. Hide in the attic. Hide. Hide your excitement. Get in the attic and hide hide it. Hide. Listen. Who are these? Hide your excitement. The way that I'm Frank hides. Who is this happiness Gestapo (laughs) that we're running away from? Oh, boy. Man. Yeah, hide your excitement so you can finish your TPS reports. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mike Judge, Office Space. <laughs> oh, man. That's when dad jokes reach a point where it's, you, know, you just reference something and then you say what the reference is from. Oh, right hell, away. Mike Judge, Office Space. That was from Jaws. Yeah, early 2000s <laughs> comedy movie. A lot of people watched it. Yeah, the, like the, the O face, your O face. Like Remember that? Jump to conclusions, Matt. It's like Family Guy brain. You know, <laughs> it's like what's the quickest cutaway I can mentally back? Oh yeah, uh, Office Space. <laughs> oh yeah, there was that guy who made the O face. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah, O face. What if O face guy made a G G face? He he changed the letter of the. <laughs> <laughs> Literally so many mouth. jokes in Family Guy. I never understood why this was a trope because it was always just looking in one direction and saying, is that insert 80s actor? It would just go, is that, is that Tom Wopat? And then it would be like, Tom, and they would cut over and be like, I'm Tom Wopat. And I never got it. But now that it is 10, 15, 20 years later than that, and uh, the references from my childhood are old. I totally understand. <laughs> I totally. Exactly. I know so many now actors and musicians that a kid now wouldn't have any I'm fucking saying clue it's, who they it's are. Dad brain, right? Dad yeah. joke level, where it suddenly it it's not just corny jokes. Then it becomes you have to point out the reference because yeah. you're like, I'm worried no yeah, one will. Right. Yes, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Got oh, it. Oh, okay. I guess I'll go watch that. <laughs> So I can understand what you just to said. Your fucking joke after yeah. I watched the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> totally. Oh, uh, hell yes. Oh man. 
the the equivalent there's also it's funny the the explanation gets deeper and scarier the older you are because you know like the version like a granddad yeah. joke is a granddad says something no one laughs and they're like i was in world war ii so i'm racist <laughs> <laughs> everyone was racist when i was a kid so and you're like oh okay i guess i'll go be racist and then i'll get your joke you don't understand. I love those excuses. You know, everyone was racist when my grandfather was growing up, and so that's why I don't mind that he, you know, he beat the shit out of your parents. <laughs> and I have not bothered to update my comedy. <laughs> that's Dude. basically what they're saying is like, well, when I, when I stopped giving a shit about comedy exactly. up until then, it was racist, you must understand. And then I've decided to not learn any humor past that. <laughs> totally. I've decided like, to completely The implication is like, even though I've been beliefs. alive all the years you've been alive, and I've seen all the progress that's happened, I choose to ignore it. <laughs> it drives I, me fucking crazy. Dave, I'm getting older. I've got beliefs. Sporks. They're an abomination. Fork and spoon. <laughs> Separate. Yeah. Not the same. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so brave. <laughs> you are. Easily doing comedy makes me braver than any firefighter or first responder. I like responder. that you somehow, uh, through, via sporks, were somehow <laughs> I'm able to satirize uh, interracial marriage, which I think is good for you. Honestly, well, it needed to happen. Listen, yeah. I'm saying Brian, Brian Regan ain't doing this kind yeah. of level of clean humor. I also think it's gross when black and white people date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you were saying. No, well, I, I heard you. The problem is all the vomit that gets in my mouth. Oh, <laughs> all the too, vomiting man. I'm just doing in my mouth. It's more of an inconvenience than a belief system. Oh, totally. No, I'm with you, man. Personally, I'm in such a constant state of anxiety that quite often I black out. Honestly, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if I even see two dogs of a different color like licking each other, I'm like, the Bible. <laughs> no, me too. I just, yeah, I just think about the Bible. Uh, well, yeah, black and white people date. What's next? The Bible dates the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, he's a he's an uptight New York Bible. She's uh, a Saudi. <laughs> she's a Saudi Quran. Quran. Uh, <laughs> um, no Hell one yes. in this no one in this bookstore is dating a Christian book. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Somehow Topher Grace voices the Bible. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, no, David Duke himself voices the Bible. We got him. Yeah, we were able to get him. Boom, got him. You can afford him. What's his rate? Uh, anyway, guys, I have bullets. an album. <laughs> yeah. Two bullets. All this is on the album. I'm just um, reciting Hampton's jokes. I'm super excited. Can you hide it? I can't hide it. <laughs> And I'm just so excited about this album. Uh, please buy it. And also, if you want to buy, uh, I have a T-shirt that'll have like a download code for the album. I have a T-shirt. Uh, like, I know that you love me, and that's why I'm taking this with a grain of salt, Dave. I do love you. I know you. that you're absolutely in love with me. I also wear the T-shirt. I love it. It's a great shirt. Thanks, man. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still setting up uh, my store on my website. So check that out at uh, HamptonYunt.com. Is that Cartman? Yes. Damn, dude. It's you do a sick Cartman. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hampton Cartman. You do Family Guy and Cartman? Yeah. Oh, I might change the channel. I'm very good at it. <laughs> See, I do a good Homer. <laughs> Woo. Chocolate oh, frosted milkshakes. Uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, man, yeah. No, I'm being a, a big dumb idiot. But uh, but the shirt, when? I put. I have two stickers. One of them I put on my fridge, and the other one I'm saving. Sick. I own that fridge now. Yeah, totally. That's how street teams work. It smells like your piss. 
yeah, I'm I'm super no, excited the for so the design. Rad. Who did the art? My brother. Yeah, uh, that's what I Clay, thought. Clay Yunt. Uh, I did okay. a web comic. <laughs> I did a web comic with him for many years. He's like such an incredible artist. So it's like uh, I was really happy to uh, collab with him in the studio. Yeah, dude. Got in the studio, you know, collabed. Two yunts, one sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Two yunts, one cunt. <laughs> one gun. Uh, oh, cunt, I said. Cunt? Two yunts, one yeah, cunt? Yeah, I would never say gun. That's oh, sorry. offensive. Yeah, that's offensive, it's, sure. It's, but cunt. Uh, the word gun is a little triggering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Sick. Tell you what, I, I would, any day I'd shoot myself with a cunt. <laughs> Look out, he's got a cunt! <laughs> My cunt shoots cum bullets. <laughs> that, that's right. All right, we're gonna we're gonna block out the rest. Dude, of the you episode. know what I just thought of? <laughs> Cut off. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, Dude, you know what? I never. I can't believe I never thought of this before. You should have a kid, and you should name them cunt, and then their name will rhyme. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Because cunt rhymes with yunt. No one's ever said that to you before, right? I love it. <laughs> I'm totally down to traumatize a child. That's great. Especially through naming them. Cunt, yunt. Hey, what's up? Cunt is my slave name. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. Cunt is my All right, slave so name. guys, that's going to be on the new t-shirt. Cunt is my slave name. We're going to be selling... Ones of these shirts <laughs> right before we go to prison, <laughs> right before we go directly to jail. Oh my uh, god, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, we were talking about the Twitter and Facebook before. Our Twitter is at Buddies Pod, and our Facebook, the group is facebook.com slash groups slash suicide buddies. Um, we posed a question to our uh followers and our other uh, members of the group that we uh, first of all. We got so many responses to this question. We could literally do, we could change the premise of this podcast to be just constantly answering <laughs> this question. I, like, I don't don't toy with me because I, I literally was like, holy shit, what if that's the new iteration? Of honestly, I mean, the reaction has been immediate. It's been immediate and big. So yeah, here's what so, we're gonna do: yeah. we're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna read some of your answers on this episode, but. Uh, then we're gonna read. Then we're gonna have a whole bonus this week just about your responses to this because we have so many. And I think we're gonna start doing this um, every every week or every other week, posing a question online. You answer it, and then we read some on the regular, and then read a bunch on the on the bonus. Yeah, we give you a taste good. of what the bonus is basically uh, trying to be. We've been trying to let you guys know what we do on the Patreon, which we really enjoy, and we try and keep it like loose. And a lot of new <laughs> ideas are always coming in. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, how's I'm the almost not smoking going? Good, man. Yeah, I haven't strong. like wanted one or had one. I well, and it's easy when you've been sick for two months and got three fucking root canals. I'm finally starting to feel better. See, so that's the trick, folks. Just, just get three root canals. Just be hit by a car, basically. <laughs> just be almost dying. <laughs> that's how you quit smoking, exactly. folks. It's going to be easier. So here's the question that we posed online: What's your go-to song to listen to when you're depressed? Which oh, is yeah. 
Perfect. The question for our listeners, I think. Yeah. When you listen to our show, our show is basically a music podcast. Um, it's a lie. What it's if one every big answer lie. was uh, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine, Bulls on Parade? Every single, actually. Well, gotta be honest with you. Let's see. We So far, we have gotten 59 responses just on Twitter. 61, since I said that. Um, and... 60 of them are Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, people. I, I am on the edge of suicide. Do not fuck with me about Rage Against the Machine. That will be the catalyst that pushes me over. Dude, I love... What's great about this is the, the diversity of the answers. Like, mm. it's, I, I, would, I would have guessed all of the sort of on-the-nose... Um, oh, yeah. More depressed bands. Like some people are saying shit like Pavement and bright, specific Bright Eyes songs, and which is what I go to Bright Eyes songs, Elliot Smith, things like that. But um, one of my favorites, someone wrote My Type by Saint Motel. That is one of my favorite fucking songs. I love that. Do you know that band? No. Can we pull it up? Or? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Aristotle's yeah, on the. This song. On the controls. Thanks, Aristotle. Oh, fuck. I know this song. This song is awesome. It really hypes you up. It really hypes you up. It really... I hadn't even thought of it like... Because, okay, I guess it comes down to the type of personality you have. When I'm depressed, when I'm really depressed, I want to listen to depressed music to match my feeling. Yeah. This person, her name uh, is Christina. Christina Markham. She's at Christina Markham. M-A-R-K-H-A-M. Shouts out. Um, Shout out. What's up, Christina Markham? Um, and I guess probably when you're depressed, you do a much more logical thing, <laughs> which is listen to a happy song to pull you out of the depression. But the I, other thing I like that it's like strutting music, it makes me want to walk down the street and like kind of like bounce, you know, that that song. Well, that whole band, but that song in particular also is so great because so same motel. They have a lot of fans that just really like dance music. They're really good at making dance music, hmm. but all of their songs are either on the nose making fun of dance music or ironic. So that song, the chorus is, you're just my type. And so if you're listening to it at a dance night or a club, right. you're like, yeah, you're just my yeah. type. I'm with my girl. Uh-huh. But the the lyric right after that is, he sa- they say, you're just my type. You have a pulse and you are breathing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole song is just like, He's talking about blood type. People that (laughs) go out to clubs to dance and fuck are assholes. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love there's a lot of uh, fun. And also the beat to that, uh, man, if you like that beat, I would recommend when I get depressed and I want to sometimes do that where I shift to happy music. Because I know I'm pull myself out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I learned a while back that sometimes we cultivate depression. You know, it's like I'll listen to the thing that just justifies. You know, it's the song that goes, and I feel fucking worthless, and you know, it just kind of accrues on itself. So if you like feeling up and you like that track, check out Apache. (laughs) And I think the song is by uh, Sugar Hill Gang, Uh, but it's a classic. It's like one of the most sampled songs ever, apparently. Is this oh, dude, yes. I know this song. Yes. See, dude. when I'm driving in the car, this literally just makes me so happy. Dude, hip-hop and funk will pull you out of a sadness 
like that, Whoa. man. Is yeah. that why they call it funk? Gets you out of a Oh, funny. funk, dude. Yeah. No, that's no it's clearly not. not. It's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. Oh, uh, you're going to want to go on Black Infowars. <laughs> you're going to want to look up what the definition of funk is. Hey, uh, shout out to blackinfowars.com again. Pull up it's a, a Suicide YouTube. Buddies fan site. <laughs> uh, you're going to want to look up Obama gay prostitute conspiracy. <laughs> Let's look at a couple more because we have so many responses. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm on the Facebook, but a lot of these I don't know yet. And we're gonna when we do build this out for the um, Patreon episodes, we're gonna have the ability to like actually check these out uh, beforehand before we start playing them, and we'll have more to talk about. Ooh, somebody put put in um, Pink Floyd. Wish you were here, which is a very oh, wow. classic. I mean, that movie. Sorry, that that movie. That song is like really sweeping like it's yes the sound on it if your volume's up it makes you feel like you're inside tears yeah it's really interesting too because it's like it's really huge it's very big song Mm -hmm. but the vocals i feel like they removed all effects from because Mm -hmm. it sounds it's very stripped down how he sings he just says yeah so i wish so i wish you were here yeah it's fucking it crushes me dude every time (laughs) Apparently, Rory Scovel kind of laid it out to me because he's a big Pink Floyd fan. And he was like, uh, we were listening to The Wall for the first time. I'd, I'd never heard it. And he was playing it for me. And he was like describing what was happening in the album. And he was like, well, people on the surface level can interpret it that it's about, you know, this uh, fascist, you know, metaphor. It's about The Wall. <clears throat> but it's actually also about um, the lyricist and the, the lead singer, like going through his divorce Oh, really? Yeah, it's really actually about his own personal, like, I put up a wall. Like, this is about his... Really? Yeah, yeah, it's how he lost his wife, basically. And there's sections of it where they play a phone message, and it's it's literally him trying to call his wife during his divorce, and she won't, like, pick up and everything. And it's like... Him. Really? Yeah, it's like... There's That's a double, so interesting. There's a double meaning to that entire album. Huh, I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't either. And I, when I was listening to it, and Rory was, like, telling me, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like every song works like kind of in two ways, you know? Wow. And it's funny to kind of view your own relationship falling apart as like there's a metaphor about fascism. For society. There. <laughs> yeah, sure. society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think the other meaning of the wall is that it's fucking trippy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last meaning of the wall is that we need it. We, we need to build that fucking wall. Uh, Listen, on the Facebook folks, group, Hawaii needs this wall. <laughs> Hawaii yeah, we need needs to keep the, the wall. Hawaiians out. <laughs> I'm sick of these Hawaiians taking my fucking Korean barbecue or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what Korean I'm trying to barbecue. say. Um, uh, Danielle Lucas posted in the Facebook group, The Funeral by Band of Horses. I'm so Love with that, that Danielle. Yeah, and literally Lacey Oberdan, or I don't know how to say her last name. I'm sorry. Oberdan jumped in and said, Danielle Lucas, so much yes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song is a very, like, very much I'm depressed. I will listen to it on a loop it, driving it, around. When I listen You're to You're cranking them, it for a second. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. When it drops in, I'm like, Man, you know, he's got that squeaky, totally. Voice, but and they're they're pretty depressing. When I listen to them, yeah. it's like I can handle like two tracks, and then I have to like get out because it's it, the it album after this is a little more uplifting. Mm-hmm. There's that big oh, I forget the name of the song, but it'll like pull me out of a depression. It's track like three or four. 
They're a good, like, yeah, sadness band, for sure. Which is why (laughs) I don't like them live. (laughs) Also, though, I saw them open for Dinosaur Jr. Oh, what? It was so weird. And I was... bizarre. But they also, even for... Dinosaur Jr. hadn't even come out yet, and I was watching, and I was like, this is it? It was weird, man. Because I love them, but... Anyway, thank you all for your responses. Uh, like we said, we're going to do a whole Patreon episode this week. It's out right now, patreon.com slash suicide buddies. If you want to hear us go through a ton of your responses and talk about uh, our own depression songs, we're going to do that there. Also, uh, on that note, the bonus episodes for the Patreon are all available for $5 patrons. We've been doing this merch thing for $10 patrons that isn't really working, so we're stopping Mm. doing that. And now the $10 tier will literally be every month, people who contribute $10 or more a month get a 30-minute rant from Hampton by himself (laughs) and a 30-minute rant from me by myself. (laughs) Guys, we're going back in black. We're doing full Lewis Black. No, I mean, rant is too much, but we we basically want to contribute more content, and we're going to, like, pick topics that we're going to basically talk about and expand upon. For yeah, we like, thought it'd be cool know, to get like some of like, each of yeah. our individual perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we both like yelling alone into a <laughs> microphone. So I'm, I'm probably going to be talking a little bit at least about uh, health stuff like from yeah. when I lost a ton of weight and when I gained more weight back and I know exactly how it happened. <laughs> so, you know, like little, little, it's basically Hampton's helpful hints, maybe a little bit more expanded, plus other stuff, other recommends and ways. I'm going to be talking a lot about to... farting. <laughs> yeah, Dave's also poops. going to be Farting and poops. Boobs, cum, <laughs> poops, forts. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm going to be oh, talking about, poops. you know, borderline yeah. personality disorder and like, you know, the history of the yeah. suicide. Bullshit. <laughs> you know, just bullshit. Lame stuff that not- doesn't matter. Uh, Boy, I want to suck your dick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. More um, of that for a half hour. Uh, this episode is going to be a little different because we're not doing a history this week. I, um, one of my, a very good friend of mine, His name is Stefan Babcock. He's the lead singer of a band you might have heard of called Pup. Um, Incredible. They're they're so so fucking good. They have a new album coming out April 5th called Morbid Stuff. Mm -hmm. And he and I, Stefan, were talking about the album. He hit me up to to write some stuff for them because he became a listener of Suicide Buddies not even knowing it was my podcast. (laughs) Someone was like, hey, you're a dude who likes dark, fucked up, weird shit. You should listen to this. And he was like, oh my God, this is Dave's podcast, (laughs) which is so funny. And Um, and Hampton. uh, (laughs) And Hampton Young. And Hampton too. (laughs) But he, we are friends outside of this. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, And I was like, wow, cool, man. I guess you don't follow me on Instagram, (laughs) Stefan. Because I've been blasting about this. No, it was cool. It was cool because the reason that was recommended to him is that he just wrote an album all about finding humor in your own darkness. And so we kind of connected over that. We hadn't talked in like six months or something. And so while we were talking, we were like, Dude, we should just talk about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect timing with his album. So, yeah, I uh, I did. I talked to him on the phone for about an hour. And so this episode of Suicide Buddies is that interview with Stefan Babcock from Pup. Um, I'm excited. I love them so much. Me too. Uh, you played me sections of the album that's coming out. It sounds amazing. Dude. And you're right. It's like the, the lyrics really were like striking. As you're listening to it, it's it's amazing. It's like if our podcast was a record. It's yeah. uh, or at least tonally. I can't <laughs> claim to be able to write music as good as they do or do anything as good as they do because it's. <laughs> I can't. I mean, so good. I can't wait, man. I'm I'm super excited. I love them. I play them all the time, and this I'm so excited is, that they actually listen to the pod. 
Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they also sent us the album and we have it. Ha <laughs> fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who are we okay. even saying fuck you to? The people that want to listen to it. The cops. That are our listeners. Fucking pigs. Ah, we win, dude. Yeah. Fucking oink oink pigs. We're better than cops. <laughs> <laughs> Suicide buddies. Better than cops. Um, yeah, so um, please, uh, you know, enjoy this interview with Stefan. We're going to pop in for a second at the end. Um, and other than that, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Yeah, guys. Hey, buy my album. <laughs> hey, seriously. Do it. Do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Doesn't matter what they say, cause I'm gonna get my way if I don't wanna go. I am on the phone right now with my good friend Stefan Babcock from the band Puck. What's up, dude? Hi. I'm, uh, it's like, uh, minus 10 in a blizzard in Toronto right now. Well, <laughs> I should have told you this before, but I'm just drinking a smoothie like a psychopath. What? Are you inside <laughs> though, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, I actually just came inside and I was like, I'm really cold. I should drink a smoothie. I don't know. When you said that, I was just imagining you with a smoothie, like in a lawn chair next to a snowman in a lawn chair, <laughs> and you both have a smoothie. <laughs> Snowman's made out of smoothie. But also minus ten Celsius, right? Um, yeah, I think that's almost like the same. It might be like zero Fahrenheit or something. I don't know, man. I don't. Okay. I don't do. I don't do math. Well, I still. It's still cold as fuck, but it's a little. The littlest bit less cold look man get it go get a hot chocolate (laughs) (laughs) um i'm uh yeah i'm really excited to have stefan on this is to the listeners stefan you know this already uh we um it's funny like we've been friends for what like four years now right and we've you know joked around in a dark way that we both joke around but then Recently, you called me and had found this podcast not because of me, uh, which I love. How did you find Suicide Buddies again? Yeah, I was like a friend of mine who was like, um, uh, hit me up and he was like, hey, man, like, you like fucked up shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's this podcast, Suicide Buddies, that, that you'd probably be into. I've kind of got a weird uh, relationship with podcasts. Uh, but I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I didn't for like a month. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. And then I <laughs> finally like, uh, you know, looked it up on my phone and I was like, Oh fuck, that's a Dave. So like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really bad at using the internet and I don't like it and it stresses me out a lot. Um, so <laughs> sure. I don't know if I was just living under a rock, but I think more likely you're just, uh, really bad at promoting yourself. Uh, <laughs> okay and, cool and but the reason i think that is because um you know from from 
being your pal for the last few years, you're a very um, humble, selfless guy. So there's a weird thing that comes with like being like, hey, listen to my podcast, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't even know that, that you were doing this and that it was a pleasant surprise. And so now probably, I think I'm probably about um, seven episodes deep or so. I'm playing the catch-up game in no particular order and uh, I love it. You guys are doing a really great job with a really messed up topic and I like it a lot. Dude, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's funny, very similarly on an artistic level, I, I, I am a big fan of your band. For I mean, I've also I mean I've been a punk rock fan my whole life. But for a very similar reason. You guys have always uh taken dark shit and made it a lot of fun. And um and I brought all that up because there is a there is a danger of in this interview, if you're listening, of it sounding like a big huge plug for <laughs> Stephen's band and especially their new album and the podcast that you're currently listening to, because, <laughs> because I mean, the reason we're talking right now, and probably the reason we got along in the first place, is that we're people that think really dark shit is funny. Um, but then recently, because your new record's coming out, we started talking about the subject matter of the record. And it's also probably why you started listening. Your friend recommended this podcast. It just I don't know. What's on your mind is really lining up with what I'm doing <laughs> lately. Especially on Suicide Buddies. So yeah, um, it was pre- it was pretty messed up. Like listening to the you know the first episode that I listened to, uh, I think was like um, the Chris Benoit episode, and I was like, "Fuck, these guys get me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, man. So yeah, I just want a little bit of a disclaimer. If you're listening, we're going to talk about the new Pup record a lot, and while I do want to plug it and want you to listen to it and buy it because it's a record and a band I really enjoy. I also want you to know that this is coming from a real genuine place and we're not trying to just make an hour long ad. Uh, (laughs) This is literally where these things are all related. (laughs) Um, I hate the idea that we're just a never ending ad for something. So don't (laughs) think that's happening. Uh, and that said, so, like, there are definitely things I want to ask you, dude, and, like, things we've talked about outside this interview before, but if you could just sort of um, tell us a little bit about the record, uh, what it's called, when it comes out, where people can find it, and then also um, where your head was at when you were writing it, whatever you want to say about it. Sure, yeah. Um band is called Pup, P-U-P, and um, our third record is called Morbid Stuff, uh, and it's out um, April 5th. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it's our third record. Um, we wrote it and recorded it about half a year ago with um, our friend Dave Schiffman, uh, who produced it, and yeah, it's pretty, uh, uh, if I had to describe it to somebody who's never heard the band, I would say it's, um, imagine, um, something really bleak and dark and fucked up, but then imagine that, uh, it's a fun time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you've I come think, to the right place. Yeah, yeah. 
I think a lot of our, you know, lyrically and uh, even got, at times musically, you know, uh, our songs are have a, you know, they're pretty. I think they're kind of heavy. It's there's a lot to do with um, depression and um, uh, and uh, rough shit that uh, people go through. But uh, we kind of try to tackle it with humor and um, and. I think the songs end up sounding really fun because, you know, it's four of us in the band and, and we're, you know, all like uh, really good friends and we have a lot of fun being in a band together. So as much as you try to make like sad or angry sounding music, if you're having fun doing it, we find that it just comes out sounding fun. So um, it's weird sort of, weird sort of dynamic there. There's a, there's, a sort of through line in the album. I've listened to it a bunch of times at this point. Uh, uh, that is all like centered around this one. I don't know. There's one lyric that describes what I'm trying to say really well. You and I have talked about it. The lyric is, uh, I've been having a lot of dark thoughts. I like them a lot. And that phenomenon, are you talking about like bleakness and having fun with it? like, in the band, but also in, like, how you're thinking of the record. I think that, I think that a, lot of, a lot of people don't understand what that is. If you try to describe it's dark, but it's fun, people think you're being an asshole. Um, <laughs> and as a well, person who, like, performs what other people have told me is dark comedy, which I didn't know it was dark, um, they literally think I'm trying to punish them because I think it's funny. When actually, I, I it's hard to describe. I think darkness is funny. And it seems like that's what you're saying on this album. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that for sure. I, I mean, I it's, it's tough. It's really tough because I think um, for me, and I, I can never... I, I'm really conscious about speaking about like mental health in terms of other people. Cause I'm not an expert and I don't know that much about it. I only know how it kind of relates to me, but um, you know, for me, like when I'm in the darkest of dark places, when I'm at, you know, when I've hit rock bottom, um, it's not funny for me. And that's, it's really tough to see through the humor, but um, you know, when you come out of that a little bit, even, even when I'm still like, you know, pretty, uh, in a pretty bad place, but I'm not all the way kind of at the bottom of the well, I start to find hilarity in darkness and how, how like, you know, um, irrational your thoughts can be if, if you're, uh, depressed or anxious or whatever it is, like, a lot of the you things have, that I think are bullshit and it's funny if you can get to that space, that headspace where you're like, okay, this is actually ridiculous. Can you, do you think that you could come up with a concrete example of what you're talking about there? The, like the irrationality of the thoughts when you're uh, like in the darkness, even if you're not all the way at the bottom of the well, because you're saying like, there's something irrational about what you're thinking and then you realize it's irrational and that makes you laugh because it's ridiculous to do things that are so irrational even if they are painful. 
Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, it can be, it, it, it can be anything, you know, like, um, you know, you, whatever, if you're having a shower in the morning and uh, the hot water, like, goes cold for a minute because whatever, your partner's in the kitchen doing something, and you just, like, get that burst of cold water for a second, and you're like, oh, this sucks. I might as well just fucking kill myself. It's like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, like, and like you know, for me, um, I, I don't want to, you know, you've done such a great job of kind of um, being sensitive about the uh, subject of suicide. So I don't want to... Um, I, you know, I also want to be really sensitive about that and say that, like, I've never, I, I, I've, I've never, uh, I've obviously, like any, probably what I would consider a normal human being have thought about it, but never seriously, like never, like I'm actually going to act on it. Yeah. Um, and, um, but it, for that moment, for that, like, brief moment, uh, it seems like a logical solution to my problems. <laughs> like yeah. the cold water uh, needs to be fixed and this is how it can be fixed. And then like literally like, you know, at, two seconds later, you're like, no, you're, where did that come from? What's wrong with me? Uh, and that's kind of funny, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is coming from something else. <laughs> uh, um, if there were, I mean... I suppose maybe there are, there's someone on Earth who uh, isn't sad and thinks of suicide as a, sol- a solution to a problem because logic, like as far as the logic they use in life, they're all fucked. But uh, I think probably for most people who see suicide as a way to fix a shower, it probably <laughs> speaks to a larger chemical issue. Yeah, it's like, fuck, man. My landlord <laughs> also, he runs a plumbing business. It's easy. <laughs> Wow, what a kid. <laughs> I uh would you say would you say that you have depression? Yeah, I yeah, I would yeah. I would say so it's it's hard it uh I find I find the label to be challenging, but I think that why do you think the label's challenging? And I know I agree with you. I'm just curious why you think it is. Uh, I, well, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to read into, into this answer, but, um, you know, depression, I think can be different. It's different for everybody and it exists in various shades and it's not, it can't, it's tough. It's like, it's an easy way for, it's an easy way for, all of us to say now that something is maybe off, you know, um, it just because getting into the intricacies of it for each individual person is just, it's too, it's too complicated. But then the, the kind of downside for me anyways, uh, to the, to this kind of general like catch all label, um, and you know how 
uh, how it's gotten really easy to talk talk about um, depression publicly for most people, which is, which is a great thing. Uh, but the, the kind of other side to that is that it's really easy for people who have no clue uh, what mental health issues are like to say that they're depressed because they're having a bad day or because they're, they're, they have anxiety because they're nervous for a test that's coming up or, or something like that. And it's just, uh, the label makes it easier to understand, but it also makes it harder to understand in a lot of weird ways. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it bring, isn't that funny how like, even though we are much more open about mental health as a culture now, especially inside of like lefty artist culture in North America, um, it's still brings within a connotation, but that connotation is changing. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that a byproduct of us being so open about depression would be that people would appropriate it? And that's yeah. what you're talking about, right? People who want problems or want, I don't know, need something to talk about, or I don't really know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Want to scapegoat. People scapegoat shit with depression and a really tough part about that for me is that um, I don't want to tell anyone that they're appropriating because I'm not in their brain and I don't want to reduce mm-hmm. anyone's pain. Mm-hmm, totally. So yeah, the, there is an, definitely an added like you still don't really know what someone's going through when they say depression or if they yeah. actually get it, but you just have to believe them because yeah, you, yeah. It's really tough. I mean, I think I think there's some appropriation of people who are doing it uh, poorly intentioned because they think they can be part of some cool kids club, which is the most fucked up thing ever. Um, yeah. But I think I think more than more than that, I don't think that's often the case. I think more than that, uh, it, it's a genuine kind of like the openness uh, of talking about it creates this genuine like misunderstanding about of what it is sure what it is which and that and that's not anybody's fault it's just a byproduct of something that is ultimately positive you know o- overall i think it's positive so. man that's really really well said i think that's what i was trying to get across when i said that even though we're open about it there's still a stigma because it turns out yeah like you would think that us being speaking more openly about depression would let people know what it is when actually words can't really describe it. And again, it's not to say I can't think of a single specific person who I know is appropriating it, but you do see it and it's hard to like to really pinpoint, but, but it's not just sadness and it is whatever it is to you some chemical imbalance, but it's something that makes you a little off. And so, but it's not just sadness. And it's it's really interesting how, like, even though we're talking about it more and more and more, and people are treating it like it's a sickness, people who don't have it or don't experience it or whatever do still seem to think it's just sadness. Um, mm-hmm. And so then... Like, 
it's hard to talk about depression because you don't want to talk about it too long because what's funny, man, is that I would say that I'm a person who has depression. I would also say that I'm pretty happy. And <laughs> and that's weird. That, I think, probably sounds weird to a lot of people. It wasn't always the case. and uh, But I definitely have some sort of, like, chemical thing, something in my wiring that makes me prone to going really, really to deep diving into a pit of black, shitty, filthy sadness <laughs> over nothing. And I'm sounds- better than ever at coping with it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, and, uh, you know, I, I feel this this way, too, and, and, like, please correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but um, it, it sounds to me like, you know, um, you know, the a, like an AA meeting, it's like, if you, once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic, even if you're, um, yeah. even if you've gotten sober, it's still there. It's still, it's all like, you know, you can be happy just like you can be sober. Uh, but there's always going to be something in the back, uh, lingering in the back that, you know, that there's this, um, there's this pit inside of you that can open up, uh, under the r- wrong circumstances. Right. Well, and it also ends up, and this is sort of a segue into talking to you about how you would characterize your depression. Because, like, again, I I would never tell anyone, and I also would bet anyone listening to this podcast gets it. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not going for a suicide podcast unless you've been there, probably. But, um, <laughs> but like, I guess, yeah, it's weird. I get worried talking about depression nowadays and how I would say I have depression or I am clinically depressed. I get worried that people just see me as a sad sack because I've been told that, but it doesn't mean that. <laughs> it's yeah, just totally. like, and, and so some of the ways that depression comes out is like, you could feel fine in the moment, but you're wired in this way. And so I'll like, someone will look at me weird and then I'll be like, Oh, they don't, they're pissed at me. And then they'll look at me weird again and be like, they hate me. Everyone hates me. <laughs> I don't have any friends. I should kill myself. And that will happen in the span of 15 seconds. Uh, yeah. That's depression. <laughs> for me, at least. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I'm just curious, like, yeah, because I know you as a really happy, confident person who deals with shit but is, like, super fun. And it's this dichotomy we're talking about, right? So, like, when is depression, when you've noticed it hitting you, what is that? How does that look? Uh, um, I don't really, I feel like I haven't developed the language to describe it. Um, okay. You know, for, well, physically guess, then, like, do you lay around? Do you get wasted? Do you scream at people? Do you cry? Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I I'm a pretty, um, angry person i think um okay. which that's a tough that's for me that's a tough thing to uh admit because it seems so much uh like i'm a i'm often a sad person too but um you know i feel like sadness is much more easier to admit to than being just angry like everyone just thinks you're an asshole uh i don't that's funny i think that historically for men it's easier to say you're angry so i think it's already a big step Truly, we're yeah. supposed to punch walls and, you know, be Sam Elliott, you know? 
Yeah, I, I guess. But like, I think for me now, it's just like, oh, you're like, when you say that, you're like, no, in general, like, I think I am an angry person. People are like, oh, so you're just a dick. It's like, <laughs> sure. Well, <Yeah>. okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I don't, I'm not, I'm certainly not, uh, I never, I'm not an uh, outwardly, like, I don't lash out at people. I don't yell. I, I can't remember ever really like yelling at, at people, uh, in my life or that kind of thing. Uh, it's sort of more like an internal kind of, uh, kind of struggle with, um, anger and sadness. And, um, it, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I'm also like pretty, uh, motivated, uh, driven person. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of, you know, when I'm in, uh, when I'm, when my, when depression is coming on for me, there's a lot of, uh, fighting with myself. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, overpowering apathy, uh, exhaustion. Exhaustion is like the biggest thing, uh, and apathy, um, that I'm just, just fighting against, uh, constantly. And it's like, to me, it's like, it's just like trying to, I don't know, trying to break through a brick wall. It's just like I'm I'm trying and struggling and pushing as hard as I can. But like I you can't just force that exhaustion and apathy to go away. It's not like a normal exhaustion where it's like, oh, I'll get eight hours of sleep and I'll be feel rested and better. It's not that kind of thing, right? So um, right. that it's the it, for me it's the internal struggle uh between wanting to be uh, productive and happy and energetic and fun to be around and the reality of my brain being like I'm tired, I'm moving at a slower pace uh, than I should be and I don't give a shit about anything and it's that internal struggle that's just like exhausting, you know? Right, yeah. And I would imagine that, I mean, if you want to be a person who has energy and shows that, uh, in your work and to people probably makes it worse, right? Because then you get mad at yourself for not being energetic. Yeah. I mean, I think part of being uh, the, oh, I hate this word, uh, the front man of a punk band. <laughs> front uh, man. Uh, front man uh, <laughs> of an energetic punk, punk band is that when people um, meet me or when I, when I talk to people who, you know, know about the band or are aware of it, they expect me to be this kind of like sort of over the top, like crazy personality, like uh super energetic and loves to party and all of that stuff. And um, there's definitely a side of me that is that, but it's uh, like a pretty small piece of who I am, to be honest. So uh, trying to mu- muster that energy to get there uh, is real tough. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you guys tour really hard, too. And that's like, man, I hadn't thought about that. Every day, you got to psych yourself up to pull out that small percentage of you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other weird thing about touring, um, which you know a lot about, because you, you do it as well, and you, I, know, I know you tour a lot on your own, but you have done tours where you're constantly around other people. Like, we've talked about it. Uh, yeah. 
for me, that's the hardest thing about touring because I'd consider myself to be like um, a bit of an introvert. And I think that I get, uh, I kind of recharge my batteries by being alone and, and doing my own thing. And when, when you're on tour, at least in the way that we tour, the all, literally the only time that I'm alone is when I'm taking a shower or taking a shit. Like yeah. aside from that, it's like you're either in the van surrounded by your bandmates and, and the people that you're touring with, or you're in the green room with those same people, or you're at the show, uh, or you're in a hotel room that you're sharing with like three other people. It's like, there isn't, there's no time alone to recharge and, that can kind of uh, exacerbate those problems. Sure. How does that, I mean, do you find that, I mean, I know you literally have a song called, if this tour doesn't kill you, I will. So I think I might know the answer to this question, but <laughs> has that ever affected um, your relationship with your bandmates like how, or how you treat them? Has it ever come out against them? Yeah, almost constantly. And I mean, it's not just, <laughs> wow. it's not, yeah, it's not just me, me with them. It's, it's, it's them with me and them with each other. And, uh, yeah. it's not easy. I mean, we, you know, there's been years where we spent 10 months of 12 on the road and, um, that's 10 months of constantly being around other people. Um, and, the little things really start to get to you. Um, you know, the four of us are, we're, we're great. We're all great friends. Uh, we get along super well. You know, I'm really lucky to have those guys as my bandmates. Um, but like any, like anything, it's like, it's like, uh, moving in with your best friend and they're your roommate. And the first two or three months are great. And then you're like this fucking guy, just yeah. choose weird or whatever. And like, well, you throw you on know, top of it too, not to like, you know, tie everything together, but I know them. And I like, if you've listened to any of my shit before, the drummer from pub, Zach, I interviewed him on my last podcast, terrified. And that was like all about depression and how he deals with it. So I know at least one of those guys that dealt with depression in a big way. And I would imagine all of them. You throw that layer on top of this stress you're already in the middle of, middle of that complicates everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Big time. Or uh, chemically weird, creative people who cannot get away from each other. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we all, we all act out like super irrationally as, as anyone with those kind of issues will in those circumstances. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, we've been, touring full-time for almost five years now and uh the first year was tough uh second year was tough has it been getting easier only only because um we now know what to expect like somebody acts out totally irrationally or like gets just friggin goes off the deep end because of something that doesn't matter and we all kind of know like this has happened before. Give them yeah. some space. And like in a couple of days, I think all four of us are good at kind of admitting and being like, listen, I know that was super irrational. I'm sorry. I want to say it won't happen again, but it will happen again. Uh, <laughs> and just like, I'm sorry. That's all I 
can really say, and we're all like, we're all on the same page about that kind of stuff now. So it's gotten easier and easier to, to deal with those kind of uh, episodes. Man, that's good. I, I will say, whether you know it or not, it sounds like you, I don't know, the main thing that people who are depressed and suicide, specifically your suicidal need, are someone to talk to and listen to you, you know? And uh, whether it was by design or not, it sounds like you have that around you constantly. I know it adds to the stress sometimes, but the fact that <laughs> you're in a group where you can, like, understand each other and say, I know that was irrational. You know how adult that is? No one. <laughs> it's almost impossible to get your brain to a place where you can admit that something's irrational. I'm just I, mean, I, I mean, I think, like, um, I think that for me, because I'm nearly always dealing with irrational thoughts and trying to rationalize them, um, that I've that I've always been pretty good at recognizing when things are, when I'm acting irrationally. And that doesn't mean that I can stop acting irrationally. It just means that I, I know that I am. Uh, yes. I deal with the is, same thing. It's so frustrating. Yeah. That's actually one of the worst things when you know that you're doing the thing, <laughs> the thing, but you, you know? can't stop yourself from doing and, it. It's so exactly, terrible. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know what? The, the other guys in Papa. Uh, the same way and we've all kind of had those discussions and so um i think that they're also really good at realizing it uh whether in the moment or later uh like we're all just pretty good at knowing each other's quirks because we spend so much time together that um you know those quirks can also be uh more easily forgiven can you think of off the top of your head and just out of morbid curiosity, I'm I, I'm interested to know what those irrational outbursts look like, where that everyone else in the band is like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> can you think of one, or yeah. do you not want to share? I mean, no, it's fine. I, I'm I'm assuming the guys will be okay with me um, do it, saying whatever. I mean, uh, so I, I I one that was not was not a fun time uh, was, you know, one time we're on tour and we were talking about, um, we were talking about a guy that we all know that I'm friends with and they don't like very much. Okay. And uh, I, I forget exactly what happened, but Nestor, the bass player who is like, you know, one of my best friends and one of the actually most wonderful people I've ever met in my whole life. Yeah, um, totally. He goes uh, something like, "Oh, well, we better stop talking about Stefan's little friend." And like he just <laughs> meant it as a joke, and it was a joke. But like for whatever reason, I went off the deep end, and I just like shut down, and I didn't talk to anyone for three days, like on tour <laughs> oh for three days. Like, like we were on stage, and I like couldn't make eye contact with anyone. In it. And the worst part about it was that like, yeah, I was like mad for like five minutes. But really, uh, the bad part was, like, after those five minutes, it should have just been like, all right, whatever. And instead, it was just the shame of how upset I was about something that didn't matter. Uh, and the longer it was that 
I kind of didn't address it or talk to anyone, the worse it got. Uh, and wow. it was just turning this crazy cycle. But now let me give you a funnier example. Uh, Steve is the most easygoing of the four of us. And, uh, and, uh, there was one tour where like kind of, uh, Zach and Esther were just kind of like friendly ripping on Steve a lot, but in a really friendly way, like Steve's so good natured about it. He's like such a good dude. And, yeah. uh, one, one, one day, uh, we were in Australia and the Steve's sunscreen had exploded on like a bunch of his clothes in his bag and he pulled them out and he was like, Oh shit. And I don't know if it was Nestor or Zach, but they were like, Steve, why did you put sunscreen all over your sweatshirt? And he just, <laughs> it's like the dumbest comment ever. And he just like went off the deep end. And it was only because it was like all these little things had been building up. He just like yeah. flipped out. And then Steve's better at uh, immediately kind of dealing with, with that irrational behavior. Like he flipped out and like within three minutes he was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I reacted that way. You're a good dude. (laughs) Uh, Wow, that's good for him, man. That's funny. I'm curious about, like, what you were saying about the shame, because I think that's one of the worst parts of, uh, well, really, any uh, strong emotion in a person. We're kind of taught uh, culturally to be ashamed of our emotions in a million different ways. And... uh, what you were, I'm, I really relate to getting very angry and then being ashamed of my anger. Um, but I guess I'm curious, like when you're, when that's happening, um, man, what am I trying to ask here? Are you, Oh, I know what it is. Are you, this is a little bit of a leading question, but I'll, I guess I'll just say this is what I do. I get very mad. And I know it's irrational, but I just feel so strong. I tried to stop from getting angry, and I just fucking burst. I just explode. And then I'm filled with shame that I got so angry. But I won't admit to myself that it's shame. I spend (laughs) however long trying to convince myself that it's not irrational to find a nugget of truth to my own anger. Because if it is rational then I'm not shameful for having been angry. Yeah. Uh, is that accurate that's with like, you? That's like, so yeah, you articulated that better than I ever could. That's like, <laughs> that's the exact cycle until the point where I have to admit to myself that no, it is completely irrational. <laughs> and then there's another like whole cycle there of being like, it's irrational and I'm ashamed and I'm still too embarrassed to address the issue or move past it, you know? Totally. Totally. And then you get to a point where you have been embarrassed for so long that you know you're acting weird around your friends, <laughs> and so you have to say something in order to bring it back to zero again. And then, yeah. that, I mean, at least for me, after that, after I bring it up, there's like a day of embarrassment that I said it. Um <laughs> It's for me, to... for me, that doesn't really exist. Like, as soon as oh, I kind good. of verbalize it, I feel I, it's just so much better. It's like, and you know what? You'd think that having this being like um, 
just a, a reality for me for so long that by now I, w- I would know that, like, you know what? As soon as you admit to yourself and everybody involved that y- you've been irrational and apologize and, and do whatever, the better you're going to feel. You're going to feel better today if you do that. Yeah. Uh, I should know that by now that like, <laughs> right. I can, I can solve this. It's easy. It's in my hands, but at the same time, it just, it never works out that way. I'm every <laughs> time it happens, it's, I still got to go through all those steps to get back to zero, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you still have your chemical makeup, no matter how hard <laughs> you might be working on it. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you, uh, before we um, wrap up, which seems like we might do soon, I do want to ask you about suicide. You said that uh, you've never like felt yourself like completely suicidal, but it's you've thought about it. I mean, obviously, there's those sort of like the stress-induced outburst ones, like you said with the shower. But have there been points in your life where you have like been kind of at the bottom of a hole and been contemplating? killing yourself or yeah. how has it come into your mind? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, that, that it's, certainly that's happened, but I, I've never gotten to the place where I was like making a plan, you know, like, um, right. Well, me neither. Actually, I've never bought a gun. I've never written a note, um, yeah. but I've wanted to die a bunch. Yeah. Of times. I, I think that's more, oh, man, so we talk about this, but I think that's more like what it is. It's like, I want to, I want to be in non-existence more. It's more of a, that than a, I want to kill myself because I, cause I, I don't like, I know, I know underneath all the bullshit and whatever chemical imbalance and whatever, I know that I don't, it's more that, I just like want to slip into a non-existence right now. <laughs> um, sure. and that's shitty and terrible. And, uh, but whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I still feel lucky that, uh, I have not gotten to that point nor. And I also kind of know within me that it's not in my nature. Like I will never get to that point. So, uh, I, I, feel lucky and grateful for for that yeah i mean definitely because i know a fair amount of people who don't have that and that's hard yeah i think there was certainly a part a point in my life where it was up in the air if i'm i'm being honest now i know i won't kill myself and i don't think i ever would have but at a, there was a time where I, I, I wondered, I don't know, it felt like it was up in the air. And uh, I'm bringing this up because I'm curious, um, I'm curious if you always knew, like especially when you were young and it would get bad, was it always in the back of your mind, I'm not going to do this? Or, I don't know, have you ever scared yourself, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, no, I, you know what, like, I, I I think, I think when I was a teenager, those thoughts were much more like petty teenage thoughts, like, oh, just kill myself, it'll show everybody, and it's like, shut up. That's Uh, a big one, a lot of 
people have that thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I've uh, I matured out of that and into just like, I don't feel good and I would rather feel nothing. Uh, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Which, that, that's me on my worst days and I certainly don't feel like that most days. Uh, but that I think it's does a pretty exist. common thought that's healthy to admit. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. think that we do a pretty shitty job of making people feel ashamed of feeling depressed. I'll bet you that a lot less people would have killed themselves in history had it been okay for them to say, "I feel like killing myself." <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm serious. It's yeah. so frustrating, and I don't realize killing yourself. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's sexy. You know what I mean? I, I, it's, you know, I. That's you know, what this show is for. I want people to stay alive and be safe and be good to themselves. So it's hard. I get that it's hard to, um, you know, be okay with someone talking to you about suicidal thoughts. But I also think that it that it's true that a lot of times people just need to say it out loud and then they're like, all right, cool. I'm going to go do cartwheels now or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also funny because I'm noticing right now, like, um, and this is coming from somebody who uh, willingly chose to do an interview on a podcast called Suicide Buddies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a podcast that I have listened to many times and really like, but I kind of noticing in myself, like, you know, uh, we talk about uh, mental health stuff and whatever, and it's kind of like not a huge deal for me. Uh, and then as soon as it goes to that place, uh, it just, man, it just makes, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, oh, and not to say that, not to say that uh, like, screw you, Dave, like, <laughs> what are you doing with this interview? No, not not anything like that, but it's just like, as soon as it goes to that place, I just like, I can feel, uh, I can feel uh, the tension in my body rising for whatever reason. Uh, I think, I think probably because it's still such a taboo, kind of weird thing to talk about. And like, you know, there are plenty of, uh, podcasts and websites and whatever that talk about uh, mental health, but uh, not a lot that directly address uh, suicide the way that, that you and Hampton do. So uh, I don't know. Well, it's the scariest thing, you know, it is because, because it's like the only way to die where the whole world judges you. It's like, (laughs) it's weird. It's like you're dead and, people still kind of bully you. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you read yeah. articles about suicide, they're so funny. They're just like, they're like, well, his dog died, and that's why. And it's like, what? <laughs> that's not why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's a weird stigma. I understand. Um, and it, There is, a, yeah, it's hard to... To not well, we kind of talked about it earlier too. Like, there's it's very difficult to express how you feel about your own mental health, and not have the people listening to what you're saying hear the most extreme version. So, like, 
to you, you know what your depression means, and you could say, I w- was depressed, I am, or I, I am a clinically depressed person, or however you would say it, I have depression, whatever, and then explain all of the ways that it, you deal with it, and there still could be people that hear it and be like, that dude's a sad sack, sad all the time. Uh, gotta stay away from him because he's a sad little sad boy murderer. Um, and, uh, <laughs> he, he just cries himself to sleep. This is emo uh, music. Pup is the moldy peaches. Um, oh God. <laughs> yeah, but I think that yeah, it's it's tough to break out of that because it it definitely feels like that happens. Uh, <laughs> also, I should apologize. I don't know. I'm. I've been trying to like lean air on the side of uh, talking to you about the darker shit in what you're saying and talk to you about the darkest side of you. I don't mean to be digging out anything. No, 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 no. I, I, you know what? I like doing it with you because you're uh, my friend and because you also have a way of just like making people feel at ease. Like, you know, I've, I've done a I've done a bunch of podcasts before and I've done obviously a bunch of interviews and stuff like that and um one of my least favorite things to do is comedy stuff because <laughs> really I, yeah I fucking hate it man like I'm not I'm not a comedian and honestly yeah. like my my I my sense of humor is very uh specific it's uh, I don't think, I think if you talk to a bunch of my friends, they would say, oh, Stefan has a good sense of humor, but he's not funny. Sure, <laughs> um, okay. So, so doing anything that's comedy related is really like a fucking horrible thing for somebody like me because you're surrounded by, or you're doing it with people who are quick on their feet and witty and funny Um and you know Zach, Zach from Pop, like the drummer in the band, is like that. He is such a funny dude, and he's really quick. Uh, and so, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it's my least favorite thing to do because it makes me feel weird and insecure. But uh, you kind of do a really great job of making people feel comfortable and at ease. Um, and you're kind of like a pretty a genuine dude so it's like nice to hang out and talk to you in this way you know Stephen, um, this is really nice I'm yeah thank you I didn't interrupt you while you were saying that because I like to get complimented <laughs> <laughs> keep going keep no, going truly, thank you yeah no don't stop thank you it's really nice man I'm glad um, yeah well, I'm glad it's just a it's a tough subject, even if you're open about it. And so I'm glad that you felt safe while you're talking about it. That's all I was worried about. Um, yeah. I, and I do, um, I want, I definitely want people to buy the new pup album, morbid stuff. Uh, April 5th, it comes out. There is, if you wouldn't mind, um, there's a song on it. I've already quoted a little bit. The song is Scorpion Hill. You once, described your experience that made you write that song to me. And I was hoping that you would be down to talk about that experience. Uh, Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, I found it, I don't know. As far as depression goes 
and the darker side of life, that's kind of the most characteristic explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just curious where that song came from. Yeah, um, so I should preface this by saying that um, I think a lot of the pop songs are dark but funny, and this one, there's not so much humor to it. Uh, but also, a lot of, almost every single pop song is uh, about me and my personal experiences, and this one is, as it is, but at the same time, it was kind of me putting myself in somebody else's shoes, so there there is an element of that, but um, yeah, uh, when we were... Uh, when we were on one of our first ever tours, we were in Portland, Oregon, and uh, we were kind of like, we were kind of at the stage at that point in our uh, quote-unquote uh, careers. Uh, what a gross word. Um, <laughs> where, uh, you know, we weren't, we were nobody gave a shit about the band. We were making like, you know, if we we're lucky, we'd make 50 bucks a night. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're from Toronto, so we're in Portland. We're on the other side of the, the continent and um uh we used to just you know ask from stage or put up signs at merch and be like hey uh if anyone has a place for us to sleep that would be really appreciated and usually it turned out really well and um most of the people we met are like really wonderful people who uh who we've kind of established friendships with but uh our time in portland was not like that um <laughs> We we met this guy and he offered a place to stay and he seemed nice enough so we went back to his house and um, you know we stayed in a lot of punk squats but this was like next next level uh, yeah it was so dirty and disgusting even by my despicable standards like uh, <laughs> yeah. like there was shag yellow shag carpet all over the floor um, and it was just filthy and covered in like toenail clippings and uh, Whoa. like, like dog, dog shit in like actual dog shit just sitting there. And, um, and, what? uh, yeah, it was, it was so bad. And we, we, so we have these inflatable mattresses. So we pulled out our inflatable mattresses and the guy with, there was no humor in this. It wasn't a joke. He was like, Oh, Hey, before you blow those up, just take a look on the carpet and make sure there aren't any like needles lying around. And we're just like, Holy fuck. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, so Zach and I went down to the basement. It was just like a concrete box of a room. Uh, it was so dirty, and there was, like, rotting food down there. And we uh, we slept down there, like, kind of cocooned in our sleeping bags. Um, and the next morning, you know, we woke up at, like, 5 a.m. because we just wanted to, like, get the hell out of there. And as we were leaving, there's, like, nothing in this house. There's no furniture like the guy didn't really own anything. Um, but on the refrigerator, there was a, a picture of what looked to be like his son taped to the refrigerator, probably like a six year old kid, uh, like a school photo, six year old kind of ish kind of kid. Um, and this kind of feeling that I had had before I saw that photo was of like, kind of like, revulsion and like man how can anybody like kind of live like this and then you know I saw that picture and it was just so fucking heavy it was like I didn't I don't want to say that it was 
it was pity for the guy or anything like that. It was just like kind of this real realization that like this dude has a whole life and he's in a really kind of rough spot. Like things have not gone well for him and, um, uh, he's a real person and holy shit. It's just really, really heavy. So, uh, that kind of stuck with me. The thing that really hits me about what you just said is the phrase real person. I think we really think about people who live in squalor or made, like, the most mistakes as, like, the subject of a movie, you know? They seem like an invented story, and then you see it. I've come across, it doesn't seem like something that bad, but, yeah, people where it's just bad. And they're like you you're real you didn't start off like this yeah yeah and this isn't and you don't you don't want to be like this like this isn't uh you just went down the path and yeah uh, now you've been on the path a long fucking time yeah 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 i think noticing just that picture was really kind of hard for hard for all of us um and kind of just forced us to like kind of or forced me at least to kind of see the the humanity in the situation and um yeah uh it was an unpleasant uh it was an unpleasant experience before that and then an unpleasant experience afterwards but for a completely um sort of different different reason right well i mean seeing that picture probably made it feel like that guy could be you right like, at least it does for me, hearing it. If I were in a house where there was shit and heroin needles on the ground, I would, like, i try to not have much judgment of anybody. But there would be a part of me that's like, get your fucking shit together, dude. Are you kidding me? You're a grown-up. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to wash your fucking carpet. And, yeah. uh, and then you see that he has a kid, and it's like, oh, man, I would just need to have two things happen to me to make me this guy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think a lot of it is like, um, uh, like you said, you're like, you, you're like, fucking get your shit together. That's you, that, you know, that kind of attitude is about you. It's not about him. It's about you being judgmental. Yeah. Uh, it's also me being then, where I and, am at in life. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, but, who am I that fucking? Well, that's it. Like, like the the aftermath was kind of like, it's not really about me and what I think about this person. There is uh, more to it. Like, I don't matter in this scenario. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Um, and kind of how yeah. dare I with like yeah exactly personal based judgments. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing up the, you know, <laughs> one pop song with no redeeming positive <laughs> qualities. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Go hey, listen man. to Pop and Feel Miserable Forever. <laughs> that what's funny. It's funny that you're saying that because that's one of the most fun songs on the album. Uh, oh, really? You think so? Okay, that's it's interesting yeah. to hear. I I I wouldn't have. I never would have uh, guessed that. I mean, yeah, I think musically, um, it's so, it is the, 
It's the closest song on the album, in my opinion, to a straightforward, like, 90s punk song, which is not what you guys do very often. Um, but, yeah, it, like, picks up into a really, like, fast-paced, driving, fun-as-shit punk song. And, uh, like, all your shit's fun, but it's, like, the fastest on the record, if you know, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm sure. I think the subject matter is really fucking dark, but it's, like, a really pick it up and, like, and, like, have a good time, there's hope in this world kind of song, to me at least. Yeah. Part of me thinks that that's, like, the other dudes being, like, well, Steph, you're fucking dark. Like, we're gonna, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta balance this out somehow. <laughs> Let's just make it really fast. <laughs> uh, well, if that's what it is, it, it works. Yeah. It's great. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for doing this, dude. This is this is dope. I feel like this is kind of a long time coming. So thanks for doing the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was really fun. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll keep talking uh, off mic, but um, but. Stephen Babcock, uh, lead singer of the band Pup. Check out their new record, Morbid Stuff. It's PupTheBand.com, right? Yeah, that's right. And you guys are going on like a world tour soon? Basically, anywhere anyone lives, you'll be an hour away from them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, <laughs> it should be it should be easy enough to to see us if you're a privileged white person. <laughs> wow. Oh, sure. Like, you're not going to Botswana. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, shit. What a <laughs> way to end on white privilege. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for doing the show. I'll talk to you. Uh, thanks, man. And we're back oh. on the fart poopcast. Oh. Oh, blah, I want to suck my own dick. All right, prepare yourselves for two hours of talking about taking shits in history. <laughs> well, Dave, I haven't even listened to the interview yet, but I can't wait. I'm sure it was fantastic. I'm sure you, you great, got man. off on a big closer. Super funny. Probably Hell the yeah, funniest dude. thing you've ever said. Stefan, thank you so much for doing that, man. Thank you to the band Pup. Thank you, everyone who's listening. I just, man, uh, I just love those guys, and I'm happy we got to have Stefan on the show. He's the fucking best. Um, I, I hope we can do more stuff like this. And guys, we're hoping to have more guests like come on the podcast. And if you think there's anybody that we could reasonably get that you think is interested in hearing from, recommend to us, buddies, buddies, yeah, buddies please. at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at buddies pod or the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash suicide buddies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have, uh, like we said at the top, we posed a question in the Facebook group and on Twitter, which was, what's your go-to depression song? And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on Patreon this week. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Suicide Buddies. So uh, we'll see you there. <laughs> Glad you're minute. alive. Glad you're alive, guys. <laughs> Love you. Thank I always you feel awkward listening. when I say a bunch of promo type shit. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Buy my album. Buy our t-shirts. Oh, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm broke, dude. I have no money. All right. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Glad you're alive. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye.
Hey folks, this is Hampton here, and I know that Dave and I tend to make a lot of jokes about suicide, and we don't take it that lightly, actually. We really would prefer if you needed any sort of help that you would reach out to some sort of professional who could help you, because we are poorly equipped to do such. We would recommend that you would call 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They honestly do incredible work. They will talk to you and they will hear you. We want you to stay with us. So thank you. Podcast Network.